Hi everybody and welcome back to another uh, massive late fee audio uh, commentary. Today, as you can see, we're doing uh, Hot Fuzz. Uh, everybody can press record now. We're watching the uh, the Netflix version, or the version that's on Netflix, uh, obviously. For uh, for those of you unaware, this is the second film in the Cornetto trilogy of uh, movies written by uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, and directed by Edgar Wright, starring Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and you know a few others. But uh, this, you know, uh, the other two are Shaun of the Dead and uh, the world's end i've seen all of them this might be my favorite one what do you think mike yeah i i saw a little bit of uh Shaun of the dead and uh a little bit of the world's end and they were okay but this i really like this movie a lot in spite of the english accents which i hate <laughs> i kind of i listened to some uh australian and english podcasts and i kind of get i kind of get into the accents especially the australian accents yeah, I don't know what it is. I like an Australian accent better than an English, but these are these aren't very thick accents in this movie, so that's probably why they're more than. That's true. Um, if if they're super thick, sometimes it just can be hard to understand. I love this uh, this opening with the uh, the training montage and everything. Um, it, it's uh, it really establishes what they're doing, which is basically parroting. Um, Movies like uh, Bad Boys and uh, and you know like cop action films. Yeah, this movie is really weird. It's like three different genres of movie at once. It's an action movie, like a spoof movie. And, oh, uh, I don't know. We're giving spoilers or no? Um, yeah, I would assume that most people listening to this commentary yeah. have seen the movie. I mean, if you haven't, what are you doing? Throw yourself into the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's ultimately a horror movie, which we don't really learn until about maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know it's funny because um, a lot of the I would say all three of the Cornetto trilogy movies, although they they tackle different aspects of the horror genre or different sorts of horror films, are all basically horror films. I mean, Shaun of the Dead obviously is a zombie horror film. This turns out to be a... Oh, oh, yeah. quick, quick cameo, that's Peter Jackson. It, Some people don't know that, who stabs him through the hand. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, the Peter Jackson connection, this is... Um, uh, oh, gosh, I can't think of his name. I love him, too. Him right there. He, I know he's Bilbo in, uh, mm-hmm. in the prequels. I, I haven't seen those, though. Yeah, um, um, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, yeah, yeah. He's in something else, too. I can't remember what. Something else I saw recently. Well, I, I know he's in the Avenger, like, he's in the uh, the MCU oh. movies, too. Well, I didn't see him there. Right. Was he in the um, Harry Potter movies, maybe? Or, like, the prequels? He might have been the the Fantastic Beast movies. Well, he's a British actor, so he's probably one of them. Right. But, uh, yeah, um... I love Martin Freeman. He's uh, he's very good. But uh, yeah, um, so like Shaun of the Dead is a uh, like a zombie horror film. Obviously, this is a you know a certain type of horror film. And then The World's End is kind of like a, a spoiler alerts for The World's End is a um, like an alien invasion. Uh, yeah, yeah. When I saw it, it seemed like a science fictiony type. Uh 
Invasion of the Body Snatchers movie. Exactly. That's ex- that's exactly what it's like. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I love the uh, the subtle humor in here too. Like they keep repeating, like, "Oh, how's Jimmy?" You know, and then this guy asks, and then he goes to see her eventually. Yep. Oh, wait, wait, no, maybe that's not Jimmy. I don't remember it because I think she breaks up with him there, doesn't she? I think so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one of the things when, when we get to the joke, which is like one of my favorite jokes in the movie, I'll point it out. But, um, I love that there's a lot of jokes in this movie that actually, they seem just like jokes or funny lines, but actually factor into the plot, which it's just the writing of this movie is brilliant. Yeah. It's really well done. And like, uh, there's, this movie definitely is one that, uh, gets better the more you watch it. You notice stuff you didn't previously and that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's Bill Nighy, who um, shows up in in, uh, in voice only uh, in The World's End, um, and he's another uh, obviously frequent collaborator with them. He's very good, too. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Love Actually. My wife uh, watches it every Christmas, but... Um, no, isn't that Hugh Grant, isn't that? Yeah. Yeah, like basically any big um, British actor or actress is in it. Uh, Liam Neeson's in it, uh, although I, Liam Neeson's Irish, I, Irish think. I think. But uh, yeah, but uh, he's in it. Um, uh, oh, I love this here. What does he to feel? I mean, he's gonna be happier. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And only because he, <laughs> and only because he makes them all look bad. Yeah, he's too good of a police officer. That's why they don't want him around anymore. And look at what a horror scene this is. Yeah, Just blood sprayed on the uh, frame pictures. Oh, oh! I guess maybe that is Jimmy. So maybe he's. This is like one last desperate attempt, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she. We've been over the situation. <laughs> yeah, like a double speak here, and you know that happens quite a bit where he's referring to one thing, and she thinks she's talking about the relationship, or he's talking about the uh, violence. Mm-hmm. He do that several times in this scene alone. Yeah, the use of you know Edgar Wright, the and I'm not sure exactly uh, which one it is, or if it's both of them just working together. But uh, the way that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright use language um, in their their film these these three films in particular is uh, is outstanding. Like uh, a, a lot of people know in the in Shaun of the Dead um, when he goes to the uh, pub for the first time and talks to Nick Frost's character. Nick Frost kind of outlines outlines everything they're going to do that night and. Everything that that he says they're going to do that night is basically the entire plot of the film. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I have that. Um, I think it was actually put off by the accident, so I didn't watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. But we just miss a, a reference to his beloved Japanese peace lily, which is like all throughout the entire movie. He just loves that plant. Yep. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, I'm looking up uh, Martin Freeman's filmography right now. He was in. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. He was in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I have not seen that. Isn't that? um, I think it's Tina Fey. I believe. Yeah, Tina Fey. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, Obviously, The Hobbit, Saving Santa, Svengali. Hmm. I'm not sure what you would have seen him in recently. I'm going back a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, since Hot Fuzz in 2007, he's been in, um, you know, obviously some British movies, um, The Hobbit stuff, 
that saving Santa. Yeah, nothing. I mean, besides the MCU movies, uh, you know, Captain America: Civil War and, and Black Panther. Um, yeah, I don't know them. Not anything that I can see recently. He was on Fargo on TV. That's what it was, Fargo. Yeah, he's really good in that. Mm-hmm. Lester Nygaard. This is another um, classic Edgar Wright move with the the quick succession of events where everything it's like like uh you know uh quick cuts as uh a bunch of stuff happens at once yeah martin freeman's great in um great in everything i, I like him a lot like i said but he, yeah he's very good in fargo which is a good show if anyone hasn't uh, seen it out there yeah here's another great example of the double entendre where he Constantly, and this this really kind of foreshadows a lot of the rest of the movie too, because she's obviously one of the uh, members of the city council who you know is plotting. Mm-hmm. Fascism, wonderful. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and like I said, they uh, you know I don't know who's the bigger influence, whether it's Edgar Wright or Simon Pegg, but uh, but they do stuff like that very well. Yeah, I haven't. Um... I haven't really seen enough because I know Simon Pegg is actually a pretty accomplished writer at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he he wrote some of the Star Trek movies, right? And didn't he did he write one of the Star Wars movies? I'm not sure on that. No, he he wrote uh, the third Star the third of the new Star Trek films, Star Trek Beyond, and he was in um, the first uh, Star Wars film. He's J.J. Abrams and him obviously with Star Wars or Star Trek have uh, you know a a connection. So he he plays that. Uh, uh, one of the characters, uh, a uh, like monster kind of character. Um, so he's oh, okay. completely you can't tell it's him, but he's yeah. uh, he plays that guy in one of the Star Wars films. Here's another bit of foreshadowing: uh, the statue. I don't know if I don't know if he reads it here or in a little bit. No, it's in a little bit. Like the name on the statue are all the town elders as well. Yep. This is like like I said, I hadn't really seen Shaun of the Dead, so although I had seen the previews, it still was like a nice little surprise for uh, Nick Frost character. You know, you really don't realize he's a police officer until pretty deep into the movie. Yep. Yeah, and Nick Frost is um, is very good in this film as he is in uh, in most of the things that I, I've seen him in. It's funny because um, a lot of people might might not know this, but Edgar Wright started out on uh, British TV. Uh, he did a comedy show called spaced yeah i've uh, heard a lot of good things about that i haven't seen it though yeah there's and, some more foreshadowing they're they're clearly just from the onside embarrassed by the local newspaper yeah and rightfully so as we see yep but uh but yeah um so uh you like nick frost was just kind of like hey this is a guy that that's pretty funny that's one of our friends let's let's uh give him a shot and put him on here and you know he I, became big I in this. The more he looks at the kids, the younger and younger they are. Yeah. But it's uh, you know it's funny because he um, and it shows like a lot of the shows um, you know his uh, his moral like character and how good of a detective he is and everything. This is kind of an interesting thing here, too, is obviously the pub owners know there's a bunch of underage kids drinking here. Mm-hmm. They don't think it's as big of a crime as other things, such as, you know, misspellings in the paper or like a poorly reviewed, you know, uh, play that they put on later. Yep. Yeah. 
And like he says, it stops him from getting into trouble, which later there's some graffiti that the town just completely hates. And there's the first appearance of the greater good line. Yep. God, so so much of their business was just underage people. <laughs> I like how he just orders a cranberry juice. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people might not know, but uh, when when people say the Cornetto trilogy, like uh, like I talked about earlier, oh, I, this is where he reads the fountain. Yeah, here's the names. Yep. But uh, that was uh, because uh, um, Edgar Wright uh, named it after a uh, like uh, Cornetto was a popular. Uh, I think it was an ice cream cone. Uh, yeah, it's an ice cream cone. Yeah, in um, in England. It, what you know where he's from and um <laughs> those cat like reflexes yep and uh yeah like he uh liked them a lot i guess so he uh ended up um naming the uh movies after that they're different flavors according to him i, I think they were just like it wasn't intentional it wasn't intentionally from the get-go but he just realized he put one in like shot of the dead and he realized he put one in uh hot fuzz as well so like yeah might as well mm-hmm Oh, here's something uh, interesting little fact here. This guy, the, the book he's reading is, uh, I think the one he's reading is by Ian M. Banks. Okay. Ian M. Banks is a Scottish author who's pretty pretty brilliant writer. He's a science fiction writer, and he also writes like more literary type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when he uses the name Ian M. Banks, that's for his science fiction stuff, and just Ian Banks is his um, his regular stuff, which is really brilliant because, you know, instead of like using like a bunch of like different like, you know, pseudonyms and stuff, he's like, oh, if there's an M, that's science fiction, you know? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And later you see the twins, one of them is reading Ian M. Banks, and the other one's reading Ian Banks. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I that's... I was trying to see the title of that one, but I missed it. That's definitely not something I would have noticed. But there's a lot of stuff There's a lot of stuff like that in, in all these movies. Yeah, I like reading the IMDb trivia. I like how they just did take his... Okay, there they took Kona off. Mm-hmm. So I think it's weird that they use, like... Uh measurements you know they said he's five foot six inches and not like you know so many meters and uh centimeters oh yeah that is that is weird yeah because obviously uh in europe they use the metric system um and in england i think they would would they still use stone instead of like kilogram for weight see i'm not sure because they seem like they have a very even almost worse than ours mishmash of like not only like you know weights and measures but currency, I don't understand their currency system at all. Yeah, yeah, because they they at least before uh, they left the European U- Union, they uh, they kind of used um, the euro, but they also st- also still kind of used the British pound and everything. Yeah, that, I like that. That's his uh, first line is pretty great too. I'm a slasher and I must be stopped. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of funny because he clearly just like confesses to it, but then he says he's kidding, but we realize he's you know not kidding at a certain point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and he, he's not sure why uh he wouldn't be in there and obviously um we know why yeah and that guy like doesn't remember him from you know 12 hours later or whatever right am i wrong on that that's is that not one of the tw- i thought that was one of the twin guys I'm not sure it might be. 
Why are you dressed like a police officer? Which is funny because right there he calls him a police officer and that like, you know, follows through later when he says police officer instead of police woman. Right. Here it's coming up soon. The the my my one of my favorite jokes in the uh And I love how, like, obviously this is so different from what he's used to because, you know, they just eat cake and kind of, you know, like, they don't have a lot to do here. Yeah, there's so little crime that you just, like, you don't fuck around all day. Yep. There's the greater good again. Here we go. (laughs) He was an exception officer. But he's... A great big butchie bit! <laughs> I love that. He had one thing you don't. A great big butchie bit! I love that I so... Just all their equipment is so dilapidated. Yeah. And I love that so much. And, you know, obviously, spoiler alerts for the movie, when he when he finds him later with that big bushy beard, I mean, it, it... You know, we understand that that's the guy and what, what happened to him and everything. It, 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 uh, it links into the plot. It's brilliant. Yeah, like you, you can't just imagine them like very like gently suggesting you remove the beard. Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, you know that that doesn't really help you, please. <laughs> the church roof, which doesn't need repairs, we see later. Yep. Yeah, this is a police officer line right here. It's funny, too, because um, in England, so uh, speaking of the church, there's a a cathedral uh, called the Wells Cathedral uh, that's actually in this town or this city where they filmed it. um, And they digitally erased it from the, you know, the movie. Uh, Yeah, I remember that. Isn't that because it's like something to do with it's like in a province or something to do with a name? If it has a church, it's not yeah. considered. If if uh in England, if a if a place has a cathedral, then it's a city, uh because any English settlement that was built around a cathedral was called a city, and if it doesn't, uh, then it's a village. And he wanted the this to be a small village and not a city, so they had to digitally erase the cathedral. Isn't this his home hometown, Edgar Wright? Yeah, that's correct. This is um, uh, um, uh, that's, Somerset. That's a good line. That's a good line too. Where we'll be up to our balls and jugglers, right? <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, Wells that the you know so the Wells Cathedral uh, in in Somerset, England. Yeah, this is where he's from. Ian, if he was drinking, driving, so he has to buy cake for everyone. <laughs> right, a little indiscretion. Oh, it's not even for that. It's for misplacing his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> He just looks so annoyed. 
a lot of these movies uh, of his obviously center around pubs, um, which, you know, is a bigger thing in England than it is here in the United States. And um, a lot of them feature uh, the... um, I can't remember what I was going to say, but the, yeah, they all, they always seem to have conversations around uh, the pub. Which is hilarious because that's just what happens to him. Yep. No one's going to stab you, Sergeant. I like how full that beer is. That's ridiculous. Mm hmm. It's funny because. Um... All this is very believable, too, even in a silly movie like this, because you could imagine that small town police officers would kind of be, you know, enamored or um, curious about someone who's seen a lot more action than they have. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Nick Frost, is, his character is like, Danny is like a huge fan of action movies, so he just like harangues them about it for like the rest of the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like here he just like interrogates him about his previous uh, action career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny too because that's where you you kind of see that the uh, there's like a citizens patrol type thing, and uh, you know they all have their own private walkie-talkies, which are linked into the police system. Yep. So yeah, I mean NWA, that's another joke I'm sure neighborhood watch association. Yep. But yeah, like uh, you know, this is just like the classic setup where um, you know, obviously he and his new partner are completely different. Um, you know, and it's the classic buddy cop setup. And Edgar Wright seems to do that really well where he he sets up his films as one thing. And then, you know, obviously becomes something completely different. The World's End is the same thing. It seems like a, um, almost like a drama kind of where, uh, you know, he wants to get back together with his old uh, mates to do this pub crawl. And it turns into this just crazy, um, like, sci-fi action film. I, I just noticed the, the names here. There's, uh, we have Skinner, obviously. The uh, other guy is Reaper. The <laughs> reverend's name is Shooter. Yep. Hatcher. Kind of tone shifts here with the uh, robot. Yep. 
Oh, that's the other thing that I was going to mention that that his uh, movies have in common is, uh, you know, kind of smaller, more parochial towns. Like he looks so disappointed about that. It's just like that living statue guy. Yep. That's their biggest problem. And you can see he gets, he's getting more and more perturbed. (laughs) (laughs) Just why? He could look more annoyed with his partner. And I like all, all the names are very like, you know, it was like Tim Messenger's a reporter. Mm, yep. <laughs> he just hates all those suggestions. I like how there's like a game they make of like going through and correcting the, uh, you know, names yeah. and errors on the uh, paper. Yep. That, uh, you know, his name too, uh, Nick Angel or Nicholas Angel, um, it was one of the, um, crew members was named Nick Angel. So he's named after one of the crews that, that worked on, uh, I think, I think he worked on this movie, but I know he worked on Shaun of the Dead and, uh, uh, The World's End too. I like, I like how, uh, he even answers the phone angle, angle, like he's just like, kind of like doesn't care. Yep. I mean, this is a good, like, P.I. Staker. Yep. Isn't that Stephen Merchant? That is, yes. Like, for, like, a two-second cameo? Yeah, oh, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of uncredited cameos from, you know, different uh, comedians and English actors and stuff in this movie. I like Stephen Merchant a lot. <laughs> he just gets out the baton for the swan. What was, he, <laughs> what was his goal there? Just club it to death. Coronado. Yep. I've never had one, but I've had ice cream like that before. It's good. Creature. This one probably gets into the action, I think, maybe the soonest of um, of all of uh, these three uh, movies that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg did. But, um, you know, he, he does, he builds, he, he, in all three of these movies, he builds characterization and um, kind of like acclimates you to the world before things go awry. <laughs> This one's funny, too, because even this guy's name is Armstrong, but he's actually the guy who plays the Hound in Game of Thrones. I don't know if you... You said you watched Game of Thrones? No, I, I haven't. Correct. Yeah, he's uh, one of the main characters for... Oh, not a main character, but he's a prominent character in Game of Thrones. There's some point in this movie, and I don't remember exactly where it is, but when they're doing the the DVDs, um, you can see uh, one of um, you can see uh, Z- or uh, Shaun of the Dead is one of the the DVDs. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yorp. 
What's funny is the guy you called out earlier, the guy with the baggy clothes, or didn't want you to see his face, is the one shoplifting right here. Now, is there, there's not an actor that plays a James Bond character in uh, Shaun of the Dead, is there? I don't think there is. I haven't seen it. Like I said, I saw a very little bit of it. I don't know. Why is there one in the world's end? Yeah, because obviously uh, Timothy Dalton here, who um, who played uh, James Bond in the 80s, and then Pierce Brosnan shows up in the world's end, and obviously he was James Bond actually after Timothy Dalton in the 90s. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that um, he was in that. Because like I said, he saw the beginning. Yeah, he played. Really, Timothy Dalton's really good in this. I like. I want to see even more stuff after this. He's like a really funny. He's charming. He's sinister. You know, he's pretty much everything you want in a villain. Yeah, he's a very good actor. He kind of gets overlooked as uh, as James Bond because in that time period, those movies weren't very popular. But um, but he's very good. Yeah, here we go. I think this is it when they start throwing the super cop. Yeah, that right under yeah, you, I saw it right you can there. barely see it, but that's because uh, it's very quick for the shot of the dead. Yeah, like how it's in the clearance rack too. Yep. <laughs> and this style of shooting, these quick cuts and everything, this is so um, Edgar Wright. Yeah, and there's a uh, NWA helping out. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure that's got to be a um, a reference because obviously NWA famously sang the song "Fuck the Police," and that's kind of their attitude in the movie. Yep. <laughs> Another <laughs> nice uh, pun, which I generally hate. Yeah, if you know it, it's kind of it, it very much dependent on how you use it. I remember this scene from the previews, and this was one of the movies. I actually didn't think I'd like it. I, I, don't, I didn't see it in the theater. It was kind of dumb, I thought, from the previews. <laughs> yeah. But then I saw it. Like It might have been on Netflix or something. I really enjoyed it. No, it, was, it had to be on like, Comedy Central or something, because I wouldn't deliberately watch it. That last jump that he does, where he just like does a, a turn in the air. It's so comical. It's it's <laughs> subtle, but it's like, uh, you know. It just gets better as he jumps. Yeah. I like the, the confusion here with the swan. <laughs> he's already cuffed him and he's reading the rights when uh Danny catches up. <laughs> I'm not made of ice. <laughs> I like the recurring theme of where they just keep like uh like forgiving them and not charge them the uh, stats, you know. Yeah. That's funny because he says immediately. He says, uh, <laughs> "That's right." <laughs> laughing at that. Um. He immediately says he's just going to become another statistic, and then he'll regret that. So he basically just says, oh, instead of being a stat that will ruin our reputation, we're going to kill him. (laughs) 
Yeah, no James Bond, uh, no James Bond in uh, Shaun of the Dead, unfortunately. A lot of people might not recognize him, but that guy, uh, the you know his his boss, the the chief, the one with the the big big bushy beard, he was in um, Moulin Rouge, which is a is a another I like I mean it's a musical so I don't know if you'd like it that much but I I uh I enjoy it but he he has sort of cuz he's got that big voice he he plays kind of the angry character in that as well and uh there's a a part where uh, they're talking about the can can or something and he's like because you can 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 <laughs> Yeah I'm not going to see that cuz I don't like musicals the only musical I ever liked was uh South Park Bigger Longer Uncut Oh yeah that's a good one for sure I guess Team America World Police is kind of a musical as well. A little bit. Like the Book of Mormon, I don't know. Yeah, his name is uh, Jim Broadbent. I've always liked musicals ever since I was little. (laughs) I love this couple. They're just so pretentious. (laughs) Mr. Blower. Yep. I like how he made sure he wasn't writing that down. Mm-hmm. Also, I never picked that up before that he says he's a solicitor. Yeah, I, I never caught that. I like how he makes sure he says you're playing the male lead. <laughs> 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 and Nick Frost, like, look at his face is great, this whole thing. Yep. I think it's just the exact same expression. And I kind of like this little addition to... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like this little addition to his character, too, because it shows you that, you know, even though he can do this, like, you know, it's almost supernatural, amazing physical stuff and everything that, um, you know, he cares about details and the little things and doing things the right way. He's not he's not all flash. When they go to Romeo and Juliet, that's one of my favorite like scenes. Like, mm-hmm. saw expression on their face when they're seeing the finale. Yeah. thinking with it this is like the most terrible performance you've ever seen Mm -hmm. now (laughs) (laughs) 
Just why would you have a gun after she drank poison? <laughs> right. Yeah, there, that's, that's the expression right there. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny? What's funny is Danny just looks so like engrossed in the performance. I often wonder if, um, you know, because sometimes people call these parodies, you know, and they sort of are in a way. But he says they're doing a um, homage to Romeo and Juliet, and I almost <laughs> wonder if that's kind of like how Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg look at a lot of the really terrible parodies that are out there. What's funny is, again, here he he talks about how the understudies are professional actors and, you know, how they're fucking up their town. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I like how Danny's kind of picking up some of his lingo, too. Uh Uh-huh. Obviously, more uh, foreshadowing of what's to come. Right. <laughs> what a comment! She has a she has a distinctive laugh. Yeah. I like how he he didn't pick up on that. He's like a detective, and he, or he's, I guess he's not a detective, right? But still, he's a police officer. <laughs> I like how they said it was a three-hour play. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I think just it's like an action movie, like a. What? <laughs> what? Fuck. So I don't really understand why the why the bad guy dresses up like that, but that's actually the first Im- implication we see in the whole movie that there's like a sinister murder going on. Yep. Yeah, they've clearly kept things, um, you know, like a- as writers and and directing, they've certainly another kept it. Double, I'm sorry, another great double entendre. We haven't got long. Yep. But yeah, he certainly kept everything close to the fest. Because, you know, it's kind of a, um, it's sort of a reflection on the town because the town obviously keeps these secrets. Decaffeinated. <laughs> yeah. This is just kind of like, a, oh, they actually hit the town sign. So that's, that's kind of funny. I never noticed it before. So it's actually just outside of uh, Sanford. Yep. Technically, it would probably not be part of their statistics. Yeah, and I'm sure that's why they did it, yep. And of course, this completely justifies what Angle was saying earlier with the, uh, you know, you gotta drive slow because the limits were put in place for a reason. Yep.
I do this in the Scream movies quite a bit, but I always wonder who's the murderer at, at certain points. I would assume Skinner's the one there for the most part because he's like seems to be the most athletic. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know, I would have to um, to go through and kind of watch it uh, more closely to to try to piece that together. Yeah, I don't know if there. See, I, I look think if I ever directed a movie like this, I would have a specific person and you'd be able to figure it out. But yeah, it's just kind of like interesting to me. Ooh, already on the case, Angel. Yep. You know, it's funny because they're meant to be, um, you know, seen as ridiculous and stuff here. But that is sort of the way the police generally go about their job. The simple explanation is usually correct. And they're almost always right. Yeah, what's, I think it's funny is like these people are like a, these two and specifically are just like aggressively bad police detectives. Uh huh. Like they just like you can tell they just don't want to be bothered at all. Again, there's Danny just ripping off uh, what Angel said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I like Crockett and Tubby. <laughs> It's kind of funny. You can see he's just kind of like always hovering around and he's always assigning them like the shitty jobs. Like, oh, go check out this uh, swan or this guy's clipping the wrong hedgerows. Yep. Yeah, he's obviously trying to keep them out of everything, which is also why, you know, he assigns him Nick Frost as his partner. Yeah, which is interesting because I imagine just from the get-go they had planned on, you know, killing him. Oh, yeah. I like how the incoherent guys are like communicating with each other. <laughs> or at least I think that's what they brought it's funny because as much as you don't like um, accents, the English sort of feel the same way about it. I like, I that's kind of what this you know joke implies and is about. But I've heard them talk about um, you know like Welsh accents and stuff like that, and uh, yep. how difficult it is to understand them. What's funny is I've seen this movie so many times. I actually kind of can pick up on what the the guy says. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm just remembering or what. Another uh, joke that's kind of s- slipped in here, and I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but his last name is Webley. Mm-hmm. And uh, Webley is the name of a revolver that's pretty, like, you know, a famous British revolver used in the First and Second World Wars. Oh, yeah, that's right. I like how he says he found these weapons, but there's just, like, so many of them, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> Including, like, an ancient, um, uh, like, depth charge. <laughs> That's such an awkward situation because when do you go back? And it's funny too because, you know. <laughs> He's just hitting it with a shotgun. <laughs> you would think. It looks live. Kicks it. Sorry. You would think that. Uh, that it would be a giant explosion, because like in a Bad Boys movie or something like that, it would have been. That's a Ian M. Banks book for sure. I've seen that cover. I don't remember which one it is. I 
Why can't they just store the giant, possibly live mine in their station? Right. And obviously this arsenal comes in later. Oh, yeah. And that's funny. And another reference to the peace lily, which is what he said he had. What, he said he had to do that uh, the night before with Anto Romeo and Juliet, so maybe he never got to water it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, coming up right here, when he asked for the wine. Oh, yeah, it takes him a second to think of the other type. Right. And, of course, his name, Porter, is a type of beer. Yep. Mrs. Blower. I like how he legitimately doesn't know. Right. What's it, it's funny because he's like a constable and the other guys are detectives. You'd think that Nicholas would be a detective, but I actually think in Britain they separate the two types of jobs pretty consistently. Yeah. Like you're, you know, you usually don't move from one to the other. You're either like a constable or like a detective. Yep. Policeman officer. <laughs> <laughs> and this story he gives is just hilarious. Yep. Kermit the Frog. It's not only selling drugs, but selling them to students. Right. The first time you last in the whole movie. Yeah. And possibly the last. But you can tell this is kind of where they start bonding. And, um, you know, obviously uh, that that story gives, um, you know, a reasoning for why he is the way he is. What's interesting there is his mom died a traffic collision as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wonder, you know, if that was, you know, an actual, you never know in the town of Stanford. Yeah. That's funny because what he does there is I think that's something you used to do when we were younger, isn't it? Yeah. The fork to the ketchup packet. Yep. Like now he just doesn't care at all. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll match this uh, alcoholic guy drink for drink. Right. That's funny because they all um, insist on calling it an accident. You know. When uh, earlier he said that, uh, you know, he wouldn't because it implies that no one's to blame. Right. And how that guy is, uh, what's funny is I think that was the guy who's a director of the play. Yeah. And oh, he'll be in bits tomorrow. Yep. What's funny too, though, is even though he's matching him, you know, drink for drink, and he's obviously smaller than uh, Danny, Mm -hmm. he's clearly more sober later. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> just pissing at the uh, game 
This guy, of course, lives in the mansion, which no one cares for. Yeah, it's funny. He even calls her right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Another... Don't want to be him in the morning. And of course, they just completely walk past the guy in the uh, giant suit. Yeah, that's maybe that's because he's drunk, but that is kind of uncharacteristic of uh, of what we've seen from Nick so far. Well, didn't he walk past him earlier when they were leaving the Romeo and Juliet play? He was in the down the alley. Yeah. I like how here where they cut from, you know, they're drinking the same kind of beer, but they keep cutting from, you know, scene to scene. Mm -hmm. Now, I would think here it wouldn't be Skinner that does this one. I think he may be, um, like, called one of the other people. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if, if the dad uh, did it quite a bit, too. He seems to be reasonably in shape. Yeah, a lot of them are pretty old, if you look at him. Yeah. Because you did it with a plan. I always catch something new in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dance room. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> like a solution to this. Yeah. This is another great line. First, he has a giant like library of uh, action movies. Mm -hmm. Another that's funny. The same line he said earlier. Yeah, I like this part too. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> Pulling my leg. Yeah. I always thought that was odd, like a traditional like British like beans for breakfast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of baked beans to begin with, but me either. Well, you know the British uh, definitely don't have the best food in the world. I like how he's just actually firing his. Or what's weird is that must not be his duty weapon because I don't think he carries, you know, a duty weapon. No, yeah. And he lives in an apartment, so probably someone lives above him. <laughs> 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 That's a great line, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a line from Bad Boys. This is about to go off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Bad Boys franchise, but I think they're coming out with another one. They are, yeah. 
What's funny though is like Will Smith is like really like a people's ass about how he never like swore on like his uh, you know rap music or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like Bad Boys is just like fuck shit. Every other word's like profanity. Yeah, I don't really like the Bad Boys movies either. Uh, not my cup of tea, but uh, right. but you know you and I uh, we ride together, <laughs> we die together. Bad Boys. I like how life. even like the I like how even the medical examiner just kind of like chuckles at it. Mm-hmm. Like the overly sexual, uh, you know, like police officer woman. Yep. I guess that guy with the the mutton chops must be like a supervisor because he's always asking him what they're supposed to do. Right. This fucking Tim Messenger again. <laughs> What's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> and he goes, I'll deal with it. Just goes into his perfect Sunday. That's yeah. ridiculous. Of course, Skinner shows up again, which is pretty funny because, I mean, they're obviously heavy-handedly setting up Skinner as, like, the bad guy. And then the actual reveal is, like, much worse. Oh, yeah. Got a point there. <laughs> I like how he pops his head back in. <laughs> That's funny, too, because they can basically commit the perfect crimes because there's a surveillance system, but they know every angle of the cameras. Yep. Save the church roof. (laughs) So the the police policemen clearly like have no issue, you know, like appearing foolish. Mm -hmm. Splat the rat is a strongman. Yep. Or actually, they're saying splat the rat while they're looking at Messenger, too, and he's, you know, they think he's going to rat out on them, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I thought they were still wearing, like, Western gear. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he has that obsession for Western stuff. These things are, oh no, I thought it was the star shoot. Those things are so difficult, but this is kind of funny. He just like destroys it, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom used to work at uh, one of these carnivals and she would tell me all the different things that they would do. Um, you know, they'd mess with the sights and stuff like that and just different things they do to make it almost impossible to win. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen someone shoot those stars out. It's like impossible. Yeah. 
I like how he doesn't like firearms, but he like clearly like has an affection like from the moment he picks it up. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, you know, sure shot of this appears later too, when he's killing everybody in the uh, town. Yeah. I like that he's still got his uh, his prize even after the guy got <laughs> shot. <Yeah. laughs> Say, I wonder if Danny was informing as well. Yeah, possibly. I don't know why they wouldn't know to kill Tim Messer unless Danny was able to give the information over somehow. Mm-hmm. And later, we do see that he's clearly aware of it. <laughs> I like those guys. They're just like perfect assholes. And of course, he has a perfect alibi. Yep. Oh, no, he's in the loo. Joke really got him. Well, you know, Joyce and her lemonade, who wouldn't want to drink a bunch of that? Yeah. I really like the me- the music and the way it sets the mood in this is really great. Mm-hmm. It's funny how like uh, you know basically he they all with all the crimes are just you get like they're they're perfectly justified. Like oh we need a new church. See look it fell in poor Tim Messenger. Yep. Or oh there's a reason there's that speed zone. Tim your numbers up. <laughs> yeah. I like how he just like has to run at top speed to meet him at three o'clock. Right. Oh, <laughs> that looks painful. I love how over the top it is. He, he just hits him perfectly with the point of it. I love immediately. Nick, there's Nick's been an accident. E- he's not even uh, like disgusted or anything. He just looks so disappointed. <laughs> And just like the first words out of his mouth is, oh, there's been a terrible accident. Someone killed the messenger. (laughs) (laughs) They're just joking about every murder or accident in the city. Look at the reverend behind him. He's clearly worried, which is kind of funny. Because mm-hmm. he knows it is a crime scene. That's funny how he just like, he's clearly playing lip service to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what? And they again get like a shit job.
Okay, they'll all just have like a cushy job and they're like so like happy with it and he's came in and ruined their shit. Yep. <laughs> he's just still holding the monkey. <laughs> two two weeks. <laughs> it's funny too because if you know you can kind of see Nick Frost's point of view why he would question him because you know like he ran up there right away there really is no like necessarily evidence that any of these deaths are linked even though as the audience we know they are um, yeah i mean really if it weren't for us seeing that there would be there'd be an interesting movie if they just took out like you know actually seeing like the slayer or whoever it is mm-hmm. yeah yeah because then we would we would both we'd question it too like is, is he just uh you know, one of these people that, um, you know, sees this shit everywhere. Yeah, I mean, because it would make perfect sense because he does come from the big city, as they said. Joyce, the lemonade queen herself. That's funny. It is kind of like where he really just like gets onto it. Mm-hmm. I don't get why he's circling the paper instead of the copy of the paper, but whatever. Right. And Danny, you know, caring now is looking at the police service exam. I love the uh, like the the bromance angle of this whole thing. <laughs> I want it for you. It's kind of funny. He does have like a genuine affection for him now because he knows he's trying to do better. Finger. (laughs) I love how he brings that up. He really does put everything in. He just goes back to the big accident so again. How you so inappropriate? The uh, police woman officer, I can't remember her name. Yeah. That wouldn't be the first time he's missed a birthday party, huh? Right. <laughs> or a funeral. 
<clears throat> I like how the uh, the lady at the garden store is named Tiller. Ah. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because I believe she's in on the whole conspiracy thing. Yeah. Or maybe not. <laughs> she got fingered. Yep. God rest her. He was behind him the whole time. Come on. Found the scissors. Oh, those are shears, I think. It was an accident. (laughs) Yeah, that one's a lot harder to... uh... I thought the nice that Crowley shatters a glass, but then he also shatters a glass. Mm Mm-hmm. See, I would guess this is Skinner here, because this guy is very fast, and Skinner's a runner. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be one of the athletic ones. I mean, I don't think it could be the, uh, what's her name with the lemonade? Joyce. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The flip again. (laughs) (laughs) Be so hard to run in that thing. It's always funny about like horror movies or thrillers where someone like in Scream especially they do a good job where they have like an elaborate costume but they're like they at least fall over and stuff like that mm-hmm. and this they kind of do too but it's just like how can you do that? It's fast as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saw it. <laughs> he takes the time for that joke. That's a great joke, too. No, actually, he wasn't murdered. <laughs> They've clearly been brainwashed by uh, Danny's father. I can't no, remember his name. No kidding. And you see, very subtly, you can see him like looking on at the whole on the whole thing in the background in his office, sitting in his office. Yeah. It's so. This argument is so ridiculous. He saw him (laughs) stab her. I got they're just like a dedicated like local improv comedy troupe, right? They have to make crack jokes at everything. They do a lot of yes and. 
They used to have the <laughs> they should have the same police squad investigating like that uh like that gas murder by the Russian nationals and uh you know in, in what was it, Salisbury? Yeah. Oh, killed by gas, were you? <laughs> that happened to me after the last chili cook-off. Yeah, he won't even say it. I like that too. There hasn't been a recorded murder in 20 years. Yeah, I like that too. That's very specific. I like how, um, again, I can't remember his name, uh, Nick Frost's dad like goes through with it just like humor him. That's another great part where, like, they're like this whole setup where they're gonna bust it on, but oh, he has to be called to the office. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? She tripped and fell. He is just so smug about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. He doesn't live anywhere near there. And this is this is kind of a nice, um, like, sort of red herring too in this. Um, Thing because he goes through all the stuff that if you're you know astute you kind of notice too about this the the way the um the movie kind of uh you know leads us to think that he's obviously the only killer and so you think okay this is it this is the big moment where you know all this comes out and stuff like that but uh obviously there's way more to the story yeah i was actually shocked the first time i saw what actually happened A judicial application of bacon and peas. <laughs> what I want to know is how they even found that in that that kind of an explosion. Yeah, I don't understand that either. They uh, they have like a little crime scene taper on the bacon and beans. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think ha- Doctor Hatcher said that he he had a, he warned them off. So they probably just suspected or at least claimed they did because he was a frequent you know bacon and bean eater. Right. Which is funny because he doesn't watch any films. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. <gasps> They're well known. <laughs> what a gay lord. I don't know. Is gay lord even offensive? That's one of the funnier words I've heard in my whole life. Yeah. Gaylord, Gaywad, hilarious. There's a great uh, Onion article that was like something about like historic Gaylord, Gaywad peace accordance. (laughs) 
<laughs> Flappers. <laughs> Which is a great point because there's no evidence at all since all the official reports were done by those in collusion with the crime. Mm -hmm. So I wonder who that was then because who else is fast as, uh, you know, faster than Nicholas Angel? Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's great, the picture of him next to him. Right. <laughs> I like how he just waits the entire time he's going to do those tapes to make sure he doesn't find anything. He does go out of his way to, um, to make sure that he uh, seems supportive to him. <laughs> Look at they impounded the plant, but he still wants to water it. both rubbing off on each other. They really are. (laughs) (laughs) See, I wonder if at this point, if they are deciding maybe they won't kill him because uh, he seems like uh, he's kind of given up. Yeah, it's interesting. I always like the psychology of the characters. I mean, obviously, you never know. Maybe, uh, maybe go listen to the Hot Fuzz commentary. You might learn some real stuff from that one. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe if you listen to the commentary from the actual writer and director. Oh, <laughs> uh, Coronado. Yeah. No more than that's, one school child at a time. That's a funny slip up when she says "killers." Mm-hmm. That brain freeze. (laughs) (laughs) I like how how, how Hell's hell's Bells he takes off for the station. Yep. Yeah, he's seen it before. The same thing, and that's what got him killed. Big bushy beard. Right. Hurry, big bushy beard. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. If you haven't changed your mind in the morning, I'll get right on it. (laughs) If you haven't been murdered by morning time, then we'll look into this.
I think it's coming up pretty soon where he finds him, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty soon. I think he goes and see. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen this. Yeah, I think he goes and looks at the seal again. He's like, oh, shit. There's a swan. Yep. Yeah, lots of swans in this movie. See, that's my. See, I wonder if he was the killer when he was running. Uh, that's the um, Michael Armstrong guy. Yeah, it might be. And obviously, he could have been given access to his hotel room from the uh, Joyce and her lemonade. Mm hmm. But obviously, he doesn't think he's the killer the whole time because he's too simple for that. Yep. It is weird that they would give him this assignment. Well, maybe it's so simple. He's just he's a really big, tough, strong guy. Yeah. How they would say this is an accident, though, I have no idea. Yeah, as usual, I don't know the actor's name, but he's really good as uh, the Hound on Game of Thrones. That's funny because that's a line from uh, Bad Boys, which you showed earlier. Yep. Shit just got real. What? I love the internal consistency of these movies. This is like a scene like that definitely like pulled the rug out from under me. Like when he goes there and they're all like sitting around just casually discussing murder. Mm -hmm. Whenever that happens in a movie, it's really like interesting. Like when I saw fight club in the theater, like when like they ruin, you realize that Tyler Durden is the same person. It's just like same kind of like weird feeling. Like you're like falling, you know, or something. Yep. Another one was an American Psycho when he goes to the ATM and the ATM's talking to him. I'm like, oh my god! Like the whole movie just like changes. It's really interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. American Psycho is another one that's uh, that's very interesting. Yep, now he's uh he's the porters it. too. Yep. I didn't I didn't realize that. I like how like petty they are. <laughs> Seriously, it's like a um it's like a coffee clutch, but they kill people too. Yeah, they're like excited to be invited. I guess that's how they explain it. Yeah. She even looked a little sad by that, like by the by the tale they're telling. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he murdered Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> Pretty funny. They're all like justifying it. Mm-hmm. They're really hanging on to their previous roles. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they would do if, if. Uh... <laughs> 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 I wonder what they would do if, if uh, here he was just like. Um... Oh, you know, I can see all that and just decided, <laughs> decided yeah, that's fine. It's kind of interesting, too, because when they show the actual murders, they show one person, but obviously in, like, the flashbacks, it's all, like, uh, you see multiple people yeah. there. So I wonder if that's, like, his interpretation, you know, when you see one, or obviously it's just, like, a ploy to not show the audience that, you know, there's more than one. <laughs> he said never, was... never, never tell a woman she's older than she is, I guess, huh? Right. I know it actually is more simple than like they said. Like they're not worried about the whole like contrived like a real estate plot. They just mm-hmm. don't want her to make another town's gardening any better than theirs. Right. They want to have the best garden around. <laughs> Before you can say gypsy scum. Crusty <laughs> jugglers, another hatred towards jugglers, which makes sense. Yep. Also, his wife killed herself. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Make Sanford great again. That's a hat. Right. That's so sinister right there, the way he says that. <laughs> yep. Tripped and accidentally cut his head off. (laughs) 
Yeah, in uh, in each one of these three movies, um, there, there, here it comes. Oh, crusty jugglers. <laughs> But in each one of these three movies, there's a, um... Okay, they just killed the kids. It was just completely unnecessary. Yep. Basically, anyone he's talked to. That is a big, bushy beard. Yep. A great big, bushy beard! <laughs> but yeah, in each one of these three movies, like, the entire area or town, like, kind of revolt against one or a small group of people. I mean, in, in Shaun of the Dead, it's zombies. But, um, you know, this is similar. He's not wearing the vest. Or is he? I think it's a ketchup packet in there. <laughs> oh, no, he's, no, actually, he stabbed him right in his notebook. That's what he did. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why he that's gave funny, it to him. Yeah he, yeah, he said, you'll need this. Yep. He just drops it outside of town. (laughs) 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 Skellingtons. It's gotta be hard. Yeah. Just how they explain that. Oh, you're back in London. What happened? Nothing. <laughs> right. I love the way this whole scene is shot with the red light yeah. and the, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like just shot reverse shot, but it's a really interesting way to, to light it and shoot everything. It's very atmospheric. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how at this point, this really is like a legit like thriller, you know, what came like a comedy, like from this point on, there's, there's still some jokes and stuff, but it's definitely a different movie at this point. Mm-hmm. I like how he's actually kind of entertained the idea of just going back to London because he's clearly tra- traveling down that road. Yep. Get some. <laughs> Steven Seagal out for justice. Yeah. This clerk is like the most like, you know, aggressive like seller of all time. (laughs) 
What's interesting is he just puts the plan together immediately. Yep. <laughs> the community that cares. Maybe a little too much. Really, the whole thing is a testament to his dead wife. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which is sad, but obviously this is not really the way to handle it. God, that's so violent. <laughs> you gotta love a jump kick to an elderly one's head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's funny is he's become like the action hero that like, you know, he always... uh didn't really care for. Yeah. And they're just sitting by as he goes and collects all the weapons. <laughs> yeah. He takes advantage of their complete, uh, you know, lack of attention to any kind of detail. Oh, the toothpick. Yeah. And even he doesn't care that much. <laughs> I wonder who that was. Did they ever say who that was? I think they do. Yeah, I think it's at the end of the movie. <laughs> that's. I think that's the first time you see their twins, actually. Yep. Nobody tells me nothing is also another motto of the town of Sanford. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's brilliant too. And we go to another genre of like an old Western movie, which, of course, the police chief and his son love. Yeah. And we get to see the reactions of every single person that he's coming here to get. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how he explained not having a car. Yeah, I don't know. Like he was supposed to dump that body and come back, but he came back without his car. Like maybe he it's, just maybe it's he said, his personal car. Yeah, he might have said he pushed it like over a cliff too. Yeah, or into the gorge with his mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Wasn't that older guy with all the guns like when, when he said, oh, why is he wearing a coat the winner? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, like, it, it explains why he found so many weapons just lying around. Right. Everyone's so well armed. And that's another callback to earlier when they said they're more armed in the country. Yep. Or there's more guns in the country, I think he says. Yeah. It's funny, I don't know much about uh, um, England's uh, gun laws or anything. I don't know if uh, all of these weapons would be legal. Uh, no, they're they're very strict. But what's interesting is these are actually all classical British weapons. Like what Nicholas Angel has right now is called an FNFAL, which is like, you know, something their paratroopers use. Okay. I mean, I know you're not really into guns nearly as much as I am, but they're very English, like, weaponry. No, that's cool. That's definitely a good insight. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't recognize many of them. Maybe like a, a, like a Walther uh, pistol or something like that. But that's about it. They should have given that to Skinner. That'd be kind of a nice other callback to, uh, you know, him being from um, James Bond movies. Yeah. But I think they're technically German, Walther. <laughs> Yeah, I think they are. I guess what did, what did England use in in like World War Two? Probably Brownings, right? No, that's what they use the um shit. What did they use? I don't. I think the Vickers machine gun is theirs. That's a good okay. question. F and FALs. They're a Belgian weapon, but they didn't come out until uh, you know later. Mm-hmm. I know they always say like British weaponry are built like tanks, essentially, you know, because they're just like so overbuilt. Like the Webley itself, um, they actually gave that to a lot of Americans because it would also feed the 45 ACP round. And like it didn't have enough 1911s going around, which was like the primary sidearm okay. that could also shoot it. That, that's a, that, I think that's a Sten gun. That's a, that's a British like uh, you know submachine gun type thing. Yeah, I've definitely heard of that. Uh, this is about, I'm, oh, what was it? Oh, I, I had it on the tip of my tongue, the rifle they use. Well, this guy's going way old school with the sword. <laughs> I think it was a Lee Enfield, maybe? Okay. And he blasphemes as he gets shot. It's great. And the British did use some American uh, arms as well in the Second World War. Yeah. Like, you think these are Thompson until the Sin Gun was really prominent? Imagine there's some kind of weaponry out there for hunting and such. Like I know they do fox hunts, and there's like stag deer, which are pretty, you know, well known for being a game animal. Yeah, I'm sure that they um, 
I'm sure that they uh, that they have you know hunting weapons and stuff. Like I said, I'm not uh, I'm not up on all their laws, but uh, but yeah, I mean if they're if these are more classical weapons, they they might be legal. Um, so that uh, you know that might all check out. That's a great line too. You're a doctor. Deal with it. <laughs> right. So I, I haven't seen Shaun of the Dead, but I heard this is the same pub they use in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that wouldn't um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Or at least like there's supposedly like some big like rifle. Isn't it called like the Westchester or something like that or some the Winchester? Something about, yeah, yeah. So I I thought maybe that played into. It. I thought I read that somewhere, but I could. Yeah, the the things called the Winchester, and in the movie they say you know we'll we'll end up at the Winchester for shots, and then. You know, towards the end of the movie, they're at the Winchester pub shooting uh, <laughs> zombies. So yeah, it's like the the speech that Nick Frost has in that in that movie. Basically, he just out like he he's outlining their night together. That just one night before the zombie attack happens, but um, but it out but it outlines the entire plot with clever wordplay like that. You have to look at that because it's also on uh, Netflix. Oh, okay. Somebody call the police. <laughs> I love that. That's sort of a self-deprecating joke to them. <laughs> you can have a, help us bring an end to this absurd story. <laughs> I'd like to see. It'd be interesting to see a trial because how would they convict any of these people other than like word of mouth? Yeah, I mean, seriously, the the all they have is. I mean, I guess they have got eyewitness testimony from uh, from Nick, but that's about it. Because they really have been good at covering their tracks. And there's probably little to no evidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Fucking Saxon. It's funny to me that nobody um, <laughs> except for the, the chief of police was, uh, or the head constable or whatever they call him, was uh, was in on this. That none of the other police officers were. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. But they really did, um, they really did like brainwash them and just like lull them into a false sense of, hey, you know, you just got uh, cushy jobs here. Right. Was it interesting? This is the day the inspector for the village of the year is supposed to be uh, arriving. I don't remember if they show them or not. I'm not sure either. It's been a few years since I've seen this one. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a bit either. I I really like this movie. Okay, they have all the police on board now. Yeah. 
like how he looks shocked. <laughs> oh, you know, um, you were talking about that Peter Jackson cameo earlier from the beginning. I forgot to say that um, that uh, uh, Garth Jennings, who did the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, he directed that movie. Um, he's the crack addict um, in that opening scene, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, I knew there was another cameo. I couldn't remember who it was, though. I thought it was someone else for some reason. God, this, the, you know, it's so funny because Edgar Wright really surprises me with each uh, movie that he does where, um, you know, it's like I, I know that, you know, he can be funny and like he and Simon Pegg can write funny dialogue, but then he gets into this action stuff and it's like, wow, I didn't know that he could uh, direct action uh, like this, you know, and it's this whole like ending scene is really impressive. Yeah, he definitely has a love of action movies, like the characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's just so over the top. It might be more fitting if he fell into a cold case that was filled with uh, Cornetto uh, ice cream. (laughs) (coughs) Did you say cool off? (laughs) He's so happy. He loves that he used one of those lines. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was in on it, too. I mean, obviously at a lower level. <laughs> Doris. <laughs> yeah, I love how uh, inappropriate she is the entire movie. Sure. This really is just an impressive action sequence. Mm-hmm. 
And then obviously the two, like, you know, heads. <laughs> and they're there to judge the town. I know, you said forgot they were there. <laughs> Seems as if they will not win Best Village. Really, if you think about it, if you go by populace, they're probably the worst village now. <laughs> right? By the amount of murders. Oh, yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> Obviously, um, Timothy Dalton is no stranger to... Uh, these kind of action scenes, which, right. I'm, which I'm sure is part of the reason why they got him. <laughs> the swan, <I> forgot. <laughs> and it's subtle. You keep like it's it's real quick, but that swan is kind of burned from that from that explosion. <laughs> nice. like part of its face. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the ginger nuts. <laughs> what the fuck? It's amazing. They're almost like Godzilla type, you know, characters fighting in this like small to scale village. Yep. I heard that. Uh, I don't know if this was any inspiration from it, but in Kill Bill Volume Two, uh, Quentin Tarantino wanted like uh, Daryl Hannah and uh, Uma Thurman's characters like to blow up like these giant women at one point, which would make no sense, obviously. But this is kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That would that would definitely. That would definitely make that movie a lot weirder if that happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this would have been a good. Uh, this would have been a good way to do the same kind of thing if they fought in some sort of model recreation. Oh yeah, for sure. And oh my, oh no, that's not it. And I mean, obviously, you know, this is also symbolic because they're literally fighting in a representation of the village for the village. There's that little ginger nut. Right. <laughs> Aaron Aronson. I care where they said that earlier in the movie. That's pretty great. Yeah. He's got a box cutter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because his death yeah, his death that. is literally an accident. No, he doesn't die, I don't think. Oh, yeah, that's right. In fact, I don't know if they kill any of them. Ah, fuck that. (laughs) This really hurts. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the chunky monkey. <laughs> what the fuck? That's that, what's funny. I don't know if that's a deliberate reference, but the gun he's holding right there is a Sig, Smith and Wesson uh, five nine zero six, which is what is used in the movie Point Point Break the uh, during the bank robbery scene. Oh, I'm sure that's deliberate then. Yeah, the undercover cop has that exact same gun. Because here we go. He can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not 100 percent accurate though, because Keanu Reeves had a uh, Sig Sour, but yeah, it's it's probably a callback to that. Yep. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's awesome. The real hero of the movie. This is another bad boy shot, I think, right here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they, (laughs) Stephen Merchant again talking to the swan. Nice. Oh my god, would that hurt? Oh god. London calling. Right. Now they want him back because they can't fucking uh, pick up his work. He was just upholding the entire police officer. Yeah. A considerable amount of paperwork. <laughs> Look how I rate they are. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I don't think any one of them actually dies. They're just all wounded and then arrested. Yeah, which is fitting, you know, for Nicholas Angel, a by-the-book type of officer. Mm-hmm. They, they make him take the, uh, the mugshot with that thing in his mouth. <laughs> oh, he he's becoming one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I like the throwing of garbage cans. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about him. What's that? That's got to be. Is that like a blunderbust or something? Like what? Yeah, it looks like, a, like almost like a black powder type thing. Right. Oh, and yeah, here we go with the mine. Check off C mine. Yep. This is another like kind of bad boys esque shot with the. Uh, you know, the showing the explosion from three different angles, just yeah. uh, over-exaggerated. Somehow everyone except for the guy that was right in front of the mine survive all this. <laughs> Ooh. 
now we see he's not at the hotel anymore. He's obviously uh, settled in. And we get this because, you know, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, the, uh, the mom, I think. Yeah. yeah, The fake out that, uh, it's going to be Nick Frost that's dead, but yeah, the five second, uh, fake out. Right. I like how he's just a chief now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's funny because they're doing all this stuff, but, uh, you know, now that they've taken care of the big problem, it's re- it really is just small-time crap now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that is Hot Fuzz. That's our commentary. Uh, directed by... Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Um, I, uh, yeah, this is probably, like I said, this is definitely my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. I like Shaun of the Dead um, a, a good amount. And The World's End is, is is maybe my least favorite, but it's it's very, it's a very interesting and good movie. I like all of them. But, uh, yeah, uh, you got anything else you want to add to uh, to our commentary? No, I mean, I might watch Toronto the Dead now because I really enjoy this movie. So I'm sure that's pretty. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I just haven't really. I don't like zombie movies in general either, but I'll yeah. give it another shot. Yeah, that uh, that can sometimes hurt the enjoyment of it, I think. But I don't think you really need to be into because I'm not like huge into zombie movies either. Although we saw, I'll, I'll tell this story real quick. We saw 28, uh, 28 Days Later in the theater, you and I together. And I remember it. Um, because there was that Sandra Bullock movie, 28 Days, about her going to rehab. And you asked, yeah. you asked me if I wanted to see 28 Days Later. And I'm like, what? I, I thought to myself that that must be a sequel to, the, to, the, <laughs> to that Sandra Bullock movie. And I remember saying, like, why? Why would we want to see that? And you're like, well, you know, I heard it was good and everything. And it took maybe <laughs> it took maybe like five minutes of us talking together before I realized that what you were talking about was a zombie movie and not and not uh, a sequel to that Sandra Bullock movie. I could think that's a sequel to Twenty Eight Days because Twenty Eight Days later, you know, it sounds like a sequel, mm-hmm. and maybe the drugs that Sandra Bullock was addicted to became this uh, rage virus. <laughs> could have been. That's, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that one too. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy this movie a lot. It's, it's very funny action. Definitely films. one to watch when you're drinking. Oh, Not yeah. that it's bad, but it's a fun, you know, it, it's, it, it's good for all throughout. It's a really good movie. Yep. I agree. Uh, so, you know, we are massive late fee. Obviously, if you're here, you probably know that, uh, you can, uh, if you want to, if you have any suggestions for movies that you'd you know like us to do a commentary for, you can um, email us at uh, Michigan or at um, massive late fee at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can also send us something on Twitter if you want to. Tweet at us at Massive Late Fee. And you can find us on uh, Facebook, Massive Late Fee. Leave us a comment there. Um, and I think that's going to about do it for us. So we will uh, catch you on Tuesday. Uh, and uh, see you then. See you next Tuesday.